Welcome to The Word This Week, where we believe that the Bible is more than just words on a page. They are the words we live by, and it's pretty cool too. We invite you to join us as we read through the Bible together this year. Welcome back to The Word This Week. This is episode 13. I'm your host, Brian Vaughn, and we've been reading through the book of Judges, and we get this bright spot of uh, the story of Ruth, and then we move into the beginnings of First Samuel. And as we are reading this week, I have just been overcome by the, the darkness and the depravity. In fact, a phrase that is repeated over and over again in the book of Judges is this, in those days, Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. And we see that time and time again, except for this bright spot of Ruth and occasionally some some little things that stands out. And then as we move into the book of, of 1 Samuel and seeing uh, what God is going to, to do for them and, and raising up Samuel, who was definitely a bright spot among the judges and among among the prophets. Joining us today in our conversation are Christy and Ryan Campbell. And one of the things that Christy said in our conversation together, she said in thinking about all of this darkness and this yuck that we read through this week, she said, doesn't it make you long for Jesus even more? And it does. And I think that's the whole purpose of everything that we've read this week. So join us in this conversation with Ryan and Christy. Ryan and Christy, welcome to the Word this week. Thanks for letting it's us good to be here. be here. Yeah. So Ryan, this is your second time with us. Yeah. Uh, but Christy, this is your first time. So why don't you tell us a little bit about who you are and what makes uh, Christy Campbell? Sure. I'm Christy. I'm married to Ryan, and I'm a mom of five kids, um, ranging in age from 23 to 14. So I've got lots of those young adults and teenagers at home right now. And I work at the river as the women's ministry director. So that's my that's me. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And it's fun to have the two of you guys uh, together on on this. So I'm expecting lots of uh, fireworks, okay? <laughs> we'll try. <laughs> right. I'm just kidding. Uh, but part of your guys' story is that uh, you spent time living and and ministering and serving overseas. And so I wanted to ask you guys, how has that experience impacted the way that you read the Bible? Uh, yeah. Very much so. It has. We used to joke that we lived in a walk through the Bible because we served in Niger in West Africa. It was like a virtual living nativity yeah. at yes. Christmas that people pay money to go through. Mm. Only we, we were living that. it. Yes. So there are just a, a lot of parts of it that resonate differently with me. I'd say for me, one of the things that is most impactful, and maybe partly because of the ministry I do with women, is just seeing the lens of women um, in Scripture and realizing a more culturally, I think I have a better cultural understanding yeah. of what life might have been like. For women, because I, I worked with women in West Africa who still carried their water every day mm -hmm. and women for whom uh, becoming a widow would have been, it would have had far more serious implications than what it would here in the right. first world. And so I think understanding, I guess, the plight of women in yeah. the biblical culture 
better is one of my big takeaways from spending time in Africa. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, I think just the topography too. A lot of times when the scripture is talking about the land and the situations, you know, I can imagine myself um, in those situations even more now because of where we were in relation to um, the topography of the Bible and yeah. where all of that played out. So we were in the Sahara Desert, and so a dry and barren land, mm-hmm. and um, and then just the the dress of people even today is very um, much of that nomadic lifestyle that yeah. we read of the Bible, and so um, it just gives us a very picturesque um, picture what it might have been like to uh, live during these times. Um, and people's daily habits where we were, in many ways, you read Mirror, about yeah. right here in Scripture, like they are just live in a time warp in some ways. Not all, but if you're out in the village um, far away from capital cities and such, you'll see these types of things still played out in right. life. So um, yeah, it, it's given us a new perspective Um that we so you, can, get, you guys kind of have the ability to see through the cultures that are actually written here in Scripture, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, Definitely. we lived in a polygamous culture, so that oh, makes wow. sense to us. And not well, it doesn't make sense to <laughs> right, us, right. but we have a clear understanding. But you've seen, you've seen you know, it I have out, friends right? who were second wives or, you know, so... Wow. That's something that has a different lens for us. Yeah. yeah. And Christy had some really intense conversations with men about that perspective. And yeah. so. And another thing is the people that we worked with, they really did procure daily bread. Mm-hmm. Like they, mm-hmm. they made enough money each day to have to buy for the food the next day. And so even that is so so different from what we live here, but so much more similar to what we see in the scriptures. Yeah. Uh, So let's put ourselves back in where we live, and we live in Cookville, Tennessee, and uh, so many of our friends haven't had that experience uh, in living in a different culture that gives them this cultural lens to to read the Bible through. So what are some ways or, or how can just someone that doesn't have those experiences, how can they better understand the, the cultural context of, of so much of what we read in the Bible? Simple ways is, in some ways, just besides reading it at face value, looking at generally at a map or looking mm. at it from um, a cultural perspective of what might be going on, you know, opening up, resources that give you the ability to think of it outside of the words on the page right now. Mm -hmm. So um, hopefully it will invoke a desire to um, learn. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I would say. There's some excellent teachers out there and excellent resources that can help to put things into cultural context because I think if we just read them at face value and think, hmm, that's weird or that's unusual. Um, we miss sometimes what what's there in in the original context. So just taking the time to 
pull in extra resources if you find yourself questioning that sort of thing. Right, right. And I think it's cool because we live at a time where we have access to those resources like no other time in history, right? With uh, right there in our hands every day, our phones, and we we can research. One of the resources we've mentioned before on the podcast is the Bible Project. Yeah. And they have intro videos to every book of the Bible and to different topics that, that are, that are discussed. And so that's a good resource uh, among so many uh, more. There's an app called the blue letter Bible, mm-hmm. and that has a lot of commentaries and, and things like that, that help you get the context to go just a little bit deeper. And when you go a little bit deeper, it's so much more rich. Oh yes. Yeah. Well, even for people who may be um, just embarking on this, journey of reading the Bible in this chronological order, um, there are resources out there that break it down into more of a palatable amount of content so it's not so overwhelming. So I just encourage folks who are beginning this or um, just are intimidated by the Bible to um, take some time and find some resources that help them understand it. Um, on their level or where they are at, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I would just encourage to anyone who's listening, uh, if you found or you find a resource that is helping you understand, but you're like, can I really trust it or not? Mm-hmm. You know, talk to, talk to a leader in, in your, uh, uh, in your faith community and just ask them, Hey, can we, is this trustworthy or not? Correct. Right? Correct. Yeah. That's great important. advice. Yeah. So, we're reading through the Bible, and uh, this week's reading for me uh, was perhaps one of the hardest. Mm. Uh, and, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and so we troubling. We finish up the book of Judges, and in the middle of that, we have the story of Ruth and Naomi and Boaz, and then we move into First Samuel, which is really kind of starting a, a new era. Um, so we covered a whole lot of content. So through this week's reading, uh, Chrissy, we'll start with you. Uh, what what's one of the things that jumped off the off the page to you? Whether it's one of those one of those instances, one of those stories, or some of the themes that that are jumping out to you. The thing that jumps out to me the most is just the idea of how much a difference it makes when we're walking with God and we know what He says. And so one of the stories where I saw that for sure was with Jephthah and his daughter. You know, he goes out to fight and he makes this vow to the Lord about what he will do if the Lord um, helps him to be victorious. And and the, the vow that he makes is crazy to me. He says that the first thing that comes out of his house, he'll sacrifice. And uh, I don't know what he was thinking. <laughs> but that ends up being his daughter. Yeah. First of like, all, like, did he think the first thing that's going to walk out of my house is a goat? Yeah, or what a in limb, the world? Right? Yeah, but <sighs> but I think first of all, it was just totally unnecessary for him to make that vow. Yeah. I felt like it was really rash, and if he had realized that the battle was the Lord's and that the Lord had already promised victory to them in those things, then he wouldn't have even needed to do that. And then. Yeah. From what I read in some of the extra resources, once he made the vow, there were ways that he could have circumvented fulfilling it exactly um, like he did. He could have made another sacrifice to fulfill that vow that wasn't 
his daughter, from my understanding. And so yeah. just the and fact And some of that, that were, was back to the law that God gave exactly. to Moses to give to the people. Exactly, it was back in that Levitical law. Right. And so I just think, A, if he had been walking in intimacy you know, with the Lord, if he yeah. had known his words, it just could have all been prevented. But it's what we saw again and again throughout this week and through the book of Judges, you know, just this idea of trying to do it in their own strength and right. and where that got them. Yeah, and I'm reminded of, one, the words of Moses kind of in his final address, and then the words of Joshua. I think we, we talked about it last week a little bit where Joshua said, hey, you can walk with the Lord. Like, you can do this. And that's God's hope. That's his desire for you. I said, I don't know what any of you guys are going to do, but as for me and my house, we will mm. serve the Lord. We'll walk with him. And then there was that. And I know we talked about this last week, but it, to me, it was just this comical picture. And the people said, yes, we will walk with the Lord. We will not turn away from him. <laughs> and, and Joshua was like, yeah, I, I don't think that's right. I, I think you guys probably will turn away. And they're like, no, no, we will walk with the Lord. We will. And here it is just, I mean, Jephthah is probably just a generation later. Yes. If that, maybe not even that. And you see such depravity, right? Yeah. And I, I think that's, and that's really, I think a lot of the whole point of the book of Judges is, is that look what happens, like you were saying, Christy, look what happens when you don't walk in the ways of the Lord. Right. And the level of depravity that... And how quickly, how, how quickly, how quickly we can yes. get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. And they can't think, and one of the phrases that's mentioned several times, and then it's mentioned at the end of the book of, of Judges, says, in those days, Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. Yeah, what a testimony, right? So that's sad. how they were known. That's so sad. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. Yeah, for sure. Ryan, what what's something that jumped off the page to you this week? It's a bigger concept than what you're talking about. This is a, at a 10,000-foot level. You and Christy were right on the ground doing the job that I do at the church as the children's pastor. Um, we, are, we are walking through the Bible chronologically as well. Oh, that's cool. Instead of in a year, we're taking it at a three-year pace. <laughs> so we're at a much slower pace, but we are still about uh, in a very similar um, place in the Old Testament. That, and can I say I so appreciate that, yeah. having uh, having a child that's in our children's ministry that, that they're getting to walk through the Bible it, like that? It's uh, been a real joy to get to teach this. But um, so we've been dealing with the Israelites and their habitual obedience and disobedience, obedience and disobedience, and um, just where we were reading this week, I was reminded that these guys had made it to the promised land. They were in Canaan, but they needed to flush out um, the evil, the all the horrible lifestyles that people were living. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they went to battle, and they almost wiped it all out. There was still this remnant of Canaanites there. And yet they still, even though they went to battle to wipe them out, they still fell into this disobedience and these acts. They took upon themselves, the Israelites did, the Canaanite acts. And 
you see this again and again, the highs of obedience, the lows of disobedience, and you think with the story Christy was talking about, you think about with um, Samson, you think about with um, the story about the battle where the Ark of the Covenant was taken and then retrieved. Mm-hmm. Um, goodness gracious, haven't they learned? That's what I say to the kids all the time. Can you, why are we here again? Mm-hmm. Why are we here again? But the Lord used these people despite their behavior. It didn't mean he was um, endorsing their behavior at all, but he used this remnant despite. And if there is a word that sticks out to me, it is despite because God's plan, he is the rescuer and he is as we will continue to read, the one who will do what he says he's going to do, despite all of this evil and all of these horrific things that happen. So that's my 10,000-foot view and uh, what I took of it, despite all the the evil things and horrific things that we read through this week. That was one thing that jumped out to me, uh, especially towards the end of the book of Judges, the, the story of the the Benjamites and the 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 man from Ephraim and he had the concubine and just as I was reading that I just I felt mm. physically sick. ill. Yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And just the way that whole thing played out, there was so much wrong there. Yeah. And but the thing that that, that jumped out to me, even in the way that the 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 uh, the rest of the Israelites tried to say, okay, we've wiped out the Benjamites almost, and but yet there's still a remnant, and we want them to continue to be a tribe, and so figuring out how that was going to work, and they they continued to come up with these plans to try to make things right in their minds, even though it wasn't making things right. They were like schemes. Yes, yeah, schemes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And here's what I noticed was that. So much of that, almost everything that they did, any of them did, was not what the Lord was telling them to do. Yeah. It it had no time to say, and the Lord said, and the Lord said, they did what was right in their own eyes. And I think that the point I want to make is that I think so often we can take, like take the the book of Judges, all the, the, just the evil that, that people did. And because it's in the Bible, we think, well, that's the Lord endorsing those behaviors or mm-hmm. those situations. No. And it's not at all. It's a record. It's a record mm-hmm. of what happens. As you started saying in the beginning, Christy and Ryan, as you were saying, it's a record of what it looks like when you choose to not walk with Jesus mm-hmm. or walk with the Lord as, as, as they understood it at that time. I think... You know, for me, if I were to choose one word for this week, it would be contrast because Mm. we see so clearly the difference between, you know, those who chose to walk with the Lord and in his ways. And we look at this beautiful story of Ruth and Boaz, which was our one relief this week. And, you know, how they honored the Lord. And then on the flip side of that, you know, we look at a character like Samson who, 
you know, he had all of the tools that he needed. Like he 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 could have been such a superstar. Mm-hmm. Right. And yet he fell again and again and again to his to these sin cycles that he had. And right. rather than choosing to conquer them, he he let them dictate, you know, obviously. And then, you know, we see how he fell and ultimately, you know, his eyes which had led him to lust were gouged out, you know, yeah. and I just think what a contrast when we look at the difference between walking in obedience and choosing our own way. And that mm-hmm. was to me such a distinction yeah. um, this week. Yeah, I think contrast may be the most accurate because all these things are firing off in my mm-hmm. brain right now. Uh, in the story of Ruth, uh, at the end, the the ladies that are, are blessing Naomi and now that there's kinsman redeemer has stepped in and and she now has a grandson in essence uh and they they bring up the idea of uh or the story of Perez and Judah and Tamar mm-hmm. which is another kind of kinsman yes. redeemer kind of story but look at the difference the contrast between their story and the story of Ruth and Boaz and how they walk through it righteously so I saw that contrast. Another contrast, you mentioned Samson. Samson had kind of not necessarily a miraculous birth, but a miraculous announcement of his birth, right? Yes. When they're For an sure. angel yeah. that, uh, that came to his parents and said, yeah. you're going to have yeah. a son. And he's going to be, what? what is he saying? He will be the uh, deliverer, deliverer the yeah. of the Philistines. Yeah, he will deliver the Israelites from the... From the hand of yes. the Philistines. Yeah. Who else do we see in Scripture down the road where an angel of the Lord announces the birth of someone that will deliver the people Absolutely. from something? That's right. You know what Jesus the, the great rescuer. Yeah. Our Jesus. And then look at the contrast between Samson and Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think... I think the I think that the Lord and his <laughs> inspiration of having this a part of of what we look to every day in the Bible wants you to see that he worked through people, but ultimately it was, it was the Lord himself coming and setting us free and delivering us. Yeah. Yeah. And thinking about Jesus as our, as our great rescuer, you know, Samson, sometimes we, we, we throw Samson as, as this story for kids, you know, which it clearly is not. Uh, but mm. he's seen as almost like this superhero figure, right? Because he he killed a thousand Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey, right. or you know, he presses, he collapses this temple on all of these people. Yeah, well, he's got you know, you picture him with these big muscles and yeah. you know these this long hair and you know this like you said, a superhero. Right, right, but yet Jesus is the ultimate hero and and the ultimate rescuer, the ultimate savior, and yet he comes as is mentioned will be mentioned in Isaiah fifty one, uh sorry, Isaiah fifty three as the suffering servant. Yeah. Well and, and, and I think, you know, again that word contrast, I mean I think at the heart of it we have the pride of Samson and the humility of Christ. Mm, and yep. you just mm. see such a <laughs> Such yeah. a difference. Yes. Oh, so much. <laughs> Even thinking about his first marriage or whatever you want to call it, he's like, "I want her. Get her for me." You know, it's just this brashness. So in, different. 
it's so much that that word stands out to me in several of these stories just their brashness mm. it just goes back to they're not submitting to to the lord's desire for them right right uh, ryan is there a word if you're going to sum things up in one word is there a word for you no i mean i i would say despite really i just <laughs> see all of this the lord is looking from above and um despite the behaviors mm-hmm. despite the disobedience and i think i put that word in my life today despite my disobedience despite my waywardness um god either it's um mercy or um it's just by um sheer his plan uses me and gives me yet one more chance. And Yeah, I think that's one of the most comforting things about so much of what we've read so far to me is this despite. Because, you know, I know for me as a mom in the 21st century, you know, all of the pressures or all of the, you know, or marriages or whatever, there's there's this temptation, like, what if I don't do it right? What if, you know, and just when you look at these stories and you see these people and how God's plan continues to move forward or, you know, that that there's nothing that I can do that's that's going to stop God's mm. plan, you yeah. know. And I just yeah. think even seeing the grace that he has, because, you know, in some of the stories they were very final, like Samson, you know. Right. But then there are lots of characters we've seen leading up to this point where, they they mess up, but then they they do come back and they do repent, and God yeah. does use them. And so, yeah. just this, I feel like grace that it gives us, even in this new covenant that we're walking in. You know that we don't have to carry the weight of our sin being too grave or our mistakes being too serious. That we can always humble ourselves and and see God use us again or that even when we don't, he can still make good for those around us or his plans are still going to move forward. I don't know. Yeah. I find that really comforting. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, you have to think that we have the Old Testament and the New Testament as you look at the Bible. Why is it important that the Old Testament is there? Can we just read the New Testament? You know, it's a lot more cheery and um, <laughs> hopeful, but goodness. As we have been walking through this, I see myself yeah. in these stories, and it is really as difficult as it is, the content. It's encouraging. It's yeah. hopeful to me. You know? It's very hopeful um, and knowing. Well, and doesn't it make you long for Jesus even more? Like for me, it's just like, I'm so expectant. Like I want to get to the New Testament because Mm -hmm. I know that it's going to get better than the Levitical law, you know, and it creates this greater appreciation, I think, for for our Redeemer. Yeah. And and I would say too, that the New Testament is only part of the story. Oh, Oh, for sure. For sure. You know, we we have to have, we have to have walked through because we have to see, you know, even from the beginning... Like, this is God's heart for us. Yes. And this is what happens 
when we don't follow his heart and we follow our own. And it's his thread of redemption through the whole Yeah. Oh, and his intentionality. Book. Yeah. You know, it's so neat to see how again and again he, he knew what was coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He knew what was coming. He knew what he was going to do. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Man, thanks, guys. Um, thanks for sharing your insight and, and for being here. And uh, I'm sure we'll have you guys back. So. Thank great. you very much. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. As always, we want to thank the River Community Church for sponsoring this podcast. And if you have any questions about the podcast, feel free to reach out to us at TWTW at theriverCC.com. Or if you're looking for a church home in Cookville, Tennessee, be sure to check us out at theriverCC.com. Thanks, and join us next time on The Word This Week.